Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim is going to finish the 13th chapter of the book of Mark, and at the same time, finish Mark's account of Jesus' Olivet Discourse. Jesus had just answered the disciples' question about when all these things would be fulfilled. In verses 28 through 37, wrapping up his teaching, Jesus summarizes with a lesson on what we can know, what we can't know, and what we should do with what we do know. Now that last part is really important. What should we do with the knowledge God has given us about what will come to pass at the close of the age? Well, you'll find the answers this week, and here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, This Generation Will Not Pass Away. Please join me in Mark chapter 13, where, Lord willing, we will finish the chapter uh, this morning, verses 28 through 37. It's the end of Mark's version, and I don't mean version as in differing versions, but Mark has a a more compressed version of the Olivet Discourse, which occupies all of Matthew 24 and 25. It's compressed to one chapter in Mark 13, and there's a little bit less even in Luke chapter 21. I'm not going to repeat the whole or review the whole Olivet Discourse. It was called that because... Jesus spoke it on the Mount of Olives. It was a discourse in answer to the question from his disciples. When will these things be? Referring to what he had just said about destroying the temple. And then, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus gave this extended answer, the longest answer of, uh, the, of any of Jesus' answers to any question that we have in the Scriptures. When we come down to this passage, and I'll just trust if you need to review it, you will, Jesus tells us what to do with everything that He has told us about His second coming and the events immediately preceding it. And this was a big, big deal. The believers who were following Christ, understanding the Old Testament, knew about a Messiah to come. They knew about a king who was going to reign, but they also read how when the Messiah came, he would be a suffering servant and a sin bearer. How could those two things reconcile? And 1 Peter chapter 1 even mentions that they had a struggle reconciling that. Well, it's because it was not revealed until the time of Jesus that there were two comings. And they, even when they started to catch on to two comings, I think they were thinking, okay, yeah, one of them was last Monday, the next one will be next Monday. Uh, They didn't understand this era in which we live. So we have all this information now, and (coughs) Jesus is going to tell us what to do about it. So Mark chapter 13, verses 28 through 37, very easy to break this down. What you must know, what you can't know, and what you must do. All right, let's dive in. Mark 
13, verse 28. He says, Now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. Now there's a command up front. Learn the parable. You must know this. A parable is a a word picture. It's just a tool for communicating new truth by comparing the new thing you want to teach about with something that people already know. Parable literally means throwing alongside. You know this. I'll put that alongside this thing that I want to teach you about. And Jesus says, okay, learn this. The word translated learn is the word from which we get disciple, which literally means a learner. To learn something in, in this sense means I, I want you to comprehend it so that it becomes part of your understanding to the point that it affects how you live. Jesus expected this stuff to have an impact on us 20 centuries later. Now, the point of this illustration is, is pretty simple. Fig trees, like many others, go dormant in winter. They burst forth with new life in the spring. They bear their fruit in the summer. And um, with fig trees, they actually start bearing the fruit at the same time that they sprout the leaves, unlike some other, uh, most other trees. But they bear their fruit in the summer. And in Israel, based on the climate there, you can tell for sure that summer is near because you see a fig tree sprout its buds. You know that summer is near. That's the illustration. What are you supposed to learn from it? Well, keep reading. Verse 29. Even so, you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that He is near right at the door. That's probably the simplest parable in the whole New Testament. And it's really easy to see what you're supposed to learn if you take the two parts of it, the known part and the unknown part, and put them side by side. Verse 28, now learn the parable from the fig tree when its branch has already become tender. That equals the first part of verse 29. Even so, you too, when you see all these things happening, the these things are compared to the buds on the fig tree. And then the last part of verse 28, and puts forth its leaves, puts forth its leaves you know that summer is near. The last part of verse 29, recognize that he is near right at the door. So he's saying, when these things happen, Jesus is coming. That's not real complicated. But... Many people make this parable complicated because they try to turn that poor little fig tree into something symbolical or allegorical with a hidden message. It's not hidden. It's a simple illustration. The fig tree actually is used pretty commonly in the Bible to illustrate things. You'll find it as an illustration in Judges 9 and Jeremiah 24, Hosea 9 and Joel 1, and I'm sure you remember all those uh, by heart. Um, Jesus used fig trees to teach 
various things during his ministry. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, very familiar passage. Um, he said, grapes, he said, you'll know them by their fruits. And how did he explain it? Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? We just saw it in Mark 12. Jesus cursed a fig tree, and it was, remember, it just immediately dried up right to the tips of the leaves, and he used that as an illustration of the curse that was coming upon Israel for rejecting their Messiah. But the fig tree was just an illustration. It wasn't something uh, special in and of itself. In Luke 13, he used a fig tree to illustrate the patience that God has for His people to bear fruit. If you've ever grown uh, fruit from a tree, I understand there's quite a bit of work involved. You have to be patient. Some trees don't bear for three, four, five years and even, and even longer. Now, I point this out for a reason. The fig tree in this parable is not a symbol. It's just an illustration It's an illustration of inevitability. If the trees are blooming and the leaves are coming and your allergies are kicking up, it's almost summer. You know that. Jesus didn't use the allergy part. I made that up. Now, many people have complicated this parable and caused a lot of trouble by reading in symbolic meaning to the fig tree. The most well-known mistake with this passage is to say the fig tree always represents Israel. If you were around in the the 1970s, you might remember a terribly embarrassing and totally engaging book called The Late Great Planet Earth. Now, the the intention was good. Uh, It was meant to call people to Christ by laying out end times, events in a a readable, understandable fashion, and starting those events correctly with the rapture of the church. Some people were indeed brought to Christ, brought to faith in Christ, in part, uh, that book playing a role in uh, bringing them to faith, and that's good. But the interpretation of this parable in that book was way off. Uh, The long-range effect of sloppy interpretation, because it became a bestseller, was, well, it was embarrassing. Uh, The author of that book put together a string of highly unlikely, exegetically flawed interpretations. He said, absolutely crystal clear, the budding of the fig tree was a symbolic prophecy of Israel becoming a nation again in 1948. Does the the text say that? Well, no. But if it happens to fit what you have imagined to be the meaning, you can read it in if you want to and if you want to write a bestseller. Next, he said, a generation is a span that averages about 40 years. You can't quibble with that. Biblically speaking, a generation, 40 years, it could be longer, but um, that, that part is reasonable. So, that led him to do some flagrant over-interpretation, and he put together a timeline. He said, 
he claimed that Jesus said, or meant by this, Israel will become a nation in 1948. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.